All right, y'all, today we have a solo cast, uh, something I've been meaning to do for a while now. Let's see, it's been at least a few months since the last one. Uh, plenty of updates, obviously, since quarantine started. This is something I wanted to talk about, but was kind of waiting to watch and see things unfold. I guess hoping for a time when there would be a greater degree of clarity and uh as many of you have experienced, there is no greater degree, degree of uh, clarity. So here we are. Uh, we're just going to let this rock and roll. I will tell you what I've learned so far uh, with regard to COVID. It's not a deep dive on COVID. I know a lot of you are, if you're like me, um, tired of the conversation. You know, it's, it's, it's just constantly ongoing and there are, is a lot of information um, there's just a lot of information that is really conflicting and confusing, but I will tell you, you know, my thoughts as not a medical professional, uh, but what I have gleaned from the medical professionals that I know. And, um, I think that, uh, you can take, take what you want from it. Also, uh, we'll talk about being a new dad, uh, was a dad before, but dad times two now with our first little girl, talk about ways I manage stress and, um, yeah, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the above, lack of sleep, all the stressors that can happen from that, in addition to the world stressors. So uh, plenty to discuss there on this podcast. Um, originally, this podcast is supposed to be with Jeff Gonzalez, who is a former Navy SEAL. That podcast will happen. Um, unfortunately, in my sleepless stupor, recorded with him and forgot to push his microphone button on. So it sounds like he's halfway down the hallway. And you hear me loud and clear. And I got to tell you, there's, there's, there are a few things in life that <laughs> chap my ass the way <laughs> a technical difficulty or technical error on my part does, because it was a fantastic podcast. And, and I know round two will be uh, even better for that matter. Um, so I really appreciate um, Jeff for <laughs> being understanding and allowing us to run that back. So I think next week we'll have Jeff release. Um, and there's, there's a lot there too that I could get into, uh, but I'll save it for that episode. You know, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, support this show. It is, it is 100% made possible by you guys supporting, um, our sponsors, no doubt about it. That makes the wheels turn and allows us to make this podcast happen. In addition to that, sharing it with friends, getting the word out. If there's a podcast you like, like the Jamie Wheel episode on sex magic and Tantra and heightened states of uh, communion with your partner um, through the use or not use of various forms of breath work and plant medicine and fucking all of the above. Just just let, let some folks know about it, that kind of thing, or leave us a five-star review. But uh, back to these sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Grass-Fed Intestines with Tripe by Ancestral Supplements. Ancestral Supplements makes New Zealand-sourced nose-to-tail organ meats, bone marrow, and intestines in simple, convenient gelatin capsules. That's huge. <laughs> uh, I was supposed to talk more about John Fire, Lame Deer, uh, Lame Deer, Secret Visions, of course, one of my favorite books um, on Native American teachings. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. But, you know, he talked a bit about this uh, in the book about this contest of eating the buffalo intestines full of the fermented grass. And I'm no, I don't know too many people outside of folks on Fear Factor back in the day that would that would do that willingly. Um, I had the opportunity to have, you know, really good raw kidney with Paul Saladino. And although I know that's probably one of the most nutrient dense things I could ever put in my body, 
uh, it didn't, it didn't taste good. It wasn't palatable. So I like getting, you know, the organ meats that I can choke down in me and anything that I cannot, but I know it's still healthy. I want to get from ancestral supplements. And these guys have everything from, uh, this fantastic grass fed intestines with tripe, which has, quite a few good things in it. Um, the gelatinous parts provide concentrated amounts of connective tissue, undenatured collagen, probiotics, and other gut-specific proteins that are now absent from the modern diet. That's direct from them. Uh, in addition to that, you know, you can find heart, brain. Um, ad the adrenals are phenomenal. I'm back on adrenals now that I'm uh, <laughs> on a lack of sleep pretty much uh, seven days a week. But um, Lots of good stuff. And, and, you know, a lot of that ancient wisdom of all indigenous peoples was, you know, if, if you have an issue with something, eat the like uh, or corresponding organ. You know, if you're having liver trouble, eat liver. If you are having heart trouble, eat heart. If you're having eye trouble, eat eyes. And there actually is uh, a bit of evidence that supports that in our knowledge through science, through modern science. So, uh all the vitamins and minerals you would need to support that specific organ, guess what? They're found in that. If you have leaky gut syndrome or um, intestinal issues and you eat intestines, that's going to provide probiotics as well as the collagen necessary to help heal that. And so there is a lot of wisdom in that. You guys can get 10% off everything in the store at ancestralsupplements.com slash Kyle. Uh, we're also brought to you by a new sponsor. These guys are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the company's called Sovereignty, and the product is called Purpose. And it is the, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the best nootropic I've ever used in my life. This is coming from somebody who worked it on it for two and a half years in product development. Um, I've never felt anything like it. You know, when cannabis products first started being made available, I kept hearing word about this stuff called CBG. And CBG is different from CBD. Uh, some people tout it as, you know, uh, nature's Adderall. I would not give it uh, that kind of, um, I wouldn't call it that for a number of reasons. Number one, Adderall cracks me out. Uh, and number two, it's, it's much, it's a much cleaner energy, but it definitely switches you on and it, and it has, uh, very unique properties that really put it in a league of its own. In addition to that, they've added a number of other things, fermented and adaptogenic herbs that have clinical data showing their efficacy, oxygenating the brain, giving you more mental clarity, as well as time-released caffeine. And this stuff is something I used prior to Wolf's arrival where I had uh, six weeks dieta and I wanted to come off coffee completely, obviously not off caffeine completely, but substantially less caffeine by using their product. Originally, I was just going to use it for podcasts and then it became a daily ritual. And, um, you know, the only time I take time off of it was simply to just give my body a reset and not become dependent on anything in particular. But I got to tell you, their product is like nothing else. And what was cool is uh, the creators came over to my house with a product called HeartQuest that actually maps HRV and brainwave chemistry in real time. And what they found was not only did I increase my metabolic activity, meaning I was utilizing more energy quickly, um, fat burning was up, but also my HRV went up. Now for people that don't know, most people, when you increase anything energetically that drops your HRV. So if I was to kick on anything that would raise fight or flight chemicals, I would find HRV become very rhythmic and very, uh, like to the beat of a drum that is going to lower my HRV score. And what you want is heart rate variability. And that means you're going to have variety like a bump, 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 
bump, bump, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to play off key. And that's when we're in a, a state of calm. So how do you marry those two? This is the only product I've ever seen that does that. And uh, it's absolutely phenomenal for increasing mental energy as well as memory, cognitive function, you name it. Um, check these guys out at sovereignty.co slash Kyle. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot C-O slash Kyle. And what they're going to do is give you a 100% money back guarantee. And in addition to that, if you don't like their product, they're going to buy you your favorite supplement. So this is, they're only doing it for my listeners. If you don't like their product, they will refund you 100% and buy you anything, Alpha Brain, whatever you want as a substitute um, if you enjoy a different product better. So check those guys out. They are phenomenal. And I'll be talking more about them down the road. We're also brought to you by Dry Farm Wines. These guys are my favorite alcohol company on the planet. I don't drink much alcohol. And I certainly, I mean, I quit drinking wine years ago till I was introduced to these guys. Um, We've had Todd White, their CEO, on twice. He's absolutely brilliant. They go around the world sourcing single-origin family farms that are doing it right there, biodynamically farmed, meaning the highest level of organic farming. They do not add anything nasty. There's no added sulfites, no dyes. Uh, they limit their alcohol actually to 12.5% per volume, which is good because if you're going to drink and you want to drink more... Uh, you can be assured that it's going to be less taxing on you the next day. And I think the biggest thing here is that there's no added preservatives and bullshit. So I can truly get away with drinking a little or a bit more and not really having repercussions the next day. In addition to that, there's only one gram of carbohydrate per bottle. That's not per glass, it's per bottle. And that makes it a keto wine, one of the only keto wines that I know of. Uh, it's phenomenal. They do subscriptions, six bottles a month or every two weeks, however you want to do it. Every other month, I think you can do as well. All red, all white, or three red, three white. Um, and you can get an extra bottle for one penny. All you got to do is go to dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle. And you'll get that deal. And last but not least, my guys over at One Farm are creating or have created one of the best CBD products I've ever used. Uh, in fact, all of their CBD products are the best I've ever used. They are a single origin USDA certified organic hemp farm in Colorado that uses 100% CO2 extraction. Uh, everything is all natural. That means they use natural flavoring, MCT oils as the base for their tinctures. Uh, cinnamon, lemon, and un unflavored are their tincture flavors. They also have brand new night serums and facial creams for the ladies and for the men's if you got a raggedy face like me. Uh, lots of good stuff over there, and you're going to get 15% off your entire order if you go to onefarm.com slash Kyle. That's onefarm.com slash Kyle for 15% off everything they've got there in the store. All right. There's a little clappy. We are on for the solo cast. I've taken some notes. I've tried my best to gather myself here. I got a lot to talk about. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, it's always hard when you don't have someone in front of you to kind of pitch back and forth. And let me just set the stage here. Uh, I think Wolf's about three weeks old right now. So, you know, I've, I've spoken about this on other intros and things like that. Um, if I fumble around and mess up some words, just know that the, the language recall and the full faculties of my brain are not quite there at this point. It doesn't mean that I haven't thought about the things that I'm going to tell you about and that I haven't wanted to have this podcast for a while. It just means that <laughs> I may not execute it at 100%. In addition to that, um, I'm sitting in my backyard right now. 
you know it's uh it's uh, gonna be another hot beautiful summer day here in austin i have a wind chime you may have heard going off in the intro as the wind picks up you might hear it in my microphone so some things you may not be accustomed to on a normal podcast uh please bear with me you may hear my son walk out and say, Daddy, I need this. And I'll say, Buddy, give me a minute. Um, you may hear an airplane go off. You may hear birds chirping. That's all a part of the deal for this podcast. And I hope that uh, you can bear with me on that. Um, let's, just, let's just talk elephant in the room right now. Um, so as I mentioned in the intro here, you know, in March when quarantine happened, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, many of us have kids in school. And it was like, Oh, all right. Uh, you know, I, I was camping with bear and we're on the camping trip. We hear about stuff getting starting to get shut down. And like, it, I don't, it, I've never, I don't think anybody's ever heard of something this crazy that we would actually close everything and try to hide from nature when it comes to this. And yet on our final day of camping, we got kicked out. Texas parks and rec officially shut down. They said, everybody's got to go home. We'll refund your last day. And uh, we got kicked out a day early and it was like, oh, all right, well, it's probably a good thing. I can head home. Tasha's pregnant and um, maybe this is a big deal. And it went from a one week spring break to two weeks to I don't think they're going back to school for the remainder of the year to I don't think they're going back to the, to school even at the start of the year, you know, so all the way through the end of 2020. And even though it looked like they were going to start classes again in August, I think Aust the city of Austin just said recently that they will not uh, start in class. You know, they're going to have different things like 10 kids at a time or rotation or different, you know, depending which school they're at. So we, we basically pulled Bear from school for the year. He, he was just going to repeat kindergarten. Um, you know, I'm going to have Rob Wolf on the podcast here talking about his new book, Sacred Cow, which is phenomenal. He wrote with Diane Rogers, Diana Rogers. And he's homeschooling. I know Ben Greenfield was homeschooled and is homeschooling. And um, there's a lot there. I just don't feel that Zoom calls is a sufficient replacement for what a kid would gain in the company of others. Certainly at the age, you know, this is age specific for Bear, but something Rudolf Steiner talked about who invented Waldorf was it's less about filling their brain with stuff to learn as it is about giving them interactions with other children, learning for them to learn how to interact with one another um, and for them to really start to gain a a sense of self and spatial awareness, boundaries um, and interactions, how to make friends, all those things. And then, you know, fine motor skills, gross motor skills, uh, crafts, the art of listening to uh, stories and telling stories. And then, yeah, maybe you practice uh, spelling out the letters of the alphabet, stuff like that. So um, again, none of that's accomplished through Zoom. I don't think so. If, if my kid was in high school and he had to finish his high school through Zoom, like most most parents are in that situation right now with high schoolers, you know, that's just something you got to do. And, and I certainly feel for those there because high school is hard enough uh, without, you know, imagine if, if for all of us that are older, if not only did you have to finish all your damn high school and your homework, but you didn't get the luxury of getting to hang out with friends and getting outside of your home and getting recess and whatever it is, the, the hangout sessions, 
that made high school fun, at least for me. You know, like that I lived for in between classes when I could actually talk with friends and socialize. And with that gone, there's no doubt that there's a great deal of stress being put on kids right now. It's a great deal of stress being put on everyone in every single sector of the world right now. And uh, that can't be overstated. I think that's something that we really need to conceptualize in terms of how we, what decisions are being made about how to go about this. Um, I will say, I will say a couple of things here because, you know, if I look on social media, which is not, not a great place to look on. And it's one of the reasons I got off and then with quarantine got back on with Tosh, just because it's the fastest way to talk to people. But there is a lot of virtue signaling out there and there's camps forming and the pendulum swings far to the left and far to the right and then politically and non-politically as well. We're here in duality. This is a, and we're experiencing very polarized opinions on all sides of the equation. So, you know, uh, what I'm going to talk about here, I will, I will qualify not with uh, <laughs> links to research. I, you will find that in the show notes of the podcast that I have that I'll provide here. Uh, first and foremost, Tony Robbins did an excellent podcast. Now, think what you want about Tony Robbins, but his his degree of fame and pull is undeniable. He's very well known all over the world. He's got a huge name, and with that like Tim Ferriss, he has access to people that you want to hear from when it comes to this stuff. And I believe he did a three or four part series on COVID-19, maybe a month or two ago. It's his third episode on COVID-19. He has a panel of six or seven doctors, two of which did the most recent study on COVID-19 out of Stanford. One is the medical doc. They're all medical doctors. One is a medical doctor who I think is a Senator of Minnesota and uh, one from the Cleveland Clinic. Um, you know, he has the who's who that are looking at this that are not a part of the World Health Organization. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories and stuff like that on this podcast, at least not yet. Uh, still waiting to see what pans out with that. I will say it is it is a bit fishy. Uh, you know, Bill Gates's funding of a lot of these companies that are producing the vaccine that'll save us, his demands for global vaccination, but more importantly than that, global, um, you know, like a global passport, a wearable, uh, that seems, that doesn't fucking seem right. It doesn't sit well with me. You know, it seems uh, very odd and, and maybe not nefarious. Maybe it is just money driven. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. So uh, that's, that's the most I'm going to comment about that. But um, what Tony Robbins gets into, and, and again, he's not he doesn't barbecue Fauci or any of this stuff. He actually he's actually playing it right down the middle. Some of the doctors that are on there barbecue Fauci for for his uh, lack of understanding and all this. But I think you know I'm going to link to this in the show notes because I want people to listen to it and I want people to let you know me know what they think. This is not from me. This is from the medical doctors. One thing they all agree on is that even an N95 mask will not stop COVID-19. That may be shocking to some of you. I'm not in the no mask camp, and I'll tell you why that. Why that? Well, I'll tell you why that. I'll tell you the reason for that is, much like in ceremony, and uh, you know, I talked about this with my heroic LSD experience in Sedona. Wrong set and setting. Could have been fine medicine and a safer in the appearance of a safer place. Even though I was completely safe there, I didn't feel safe. So in ceremony and in life, the appearance of safety is often more important than safety itself. 
Now, that's not true in, in an automobile, and it's not true in, in a lot of areas of life, but if, if I'm not going to die it, it, and, I, and I want to just feel safe, that's going to let me operate better. So in a ceremony, if I had felt safe, odds are it's a much more pleasant experience. Um, that may just be having a sitter with me. It may be being in a place that's less public. Um, when it comes to the mask, not working, does that mean that I don't wear masks? No, because I want other people to feel safe, even though it's total bullshit. I don't want the old guy next to me in Whole Foods. Now, of course, it's by law that I have to wear the mask now. But even before that, I don't want people to look at me and to think, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? And why is he jeopardizing my health? Even though whatever they're wearing, whether it's a bandana, which certainly doesn't protect anything, Paul Saladino talked about this on the podcast, and every one of these doctors talks about this. What they say is the size, of the, the, the size is measured in microns, and the size of the virus, COVID-19, is smaller than what an N95 mask guarantees to protect against. So the very best mask, which I don't see anyone wearing still doesn't protect you against it. Odds are, I mean, let me explain something else here too. We had a big storm come in, a dust storm come in from Africa and made its way all the way through Texas. It was here for two weeks. You can look it up online. The Saharan dust blew over the Atlantic, through the Gulf, all the way from Florida to Texas. And for two weeks, we had a cloudy haze of dust from Africa here in Texas. The air in an airborne, airborne viruses are airborne and that COVID-19 is airborne. It's not just waterborne. It doesn't just get exchanged from sneezes. It's in the air. Has circulated around the globe multiple times already. So think about that. Odds are you have been exposed to this already. And something Paul Saladino brings up and one of the doctors on Tony Robbins' podcast is that one of the things, you know, in the media and in, uh, in all the discussions around this, we're talking about, we're looking at what's happening to those who get COVID-19. And they look at the USS Princess, which was a cruise ship. And if you've heard this already, my apologies if you listen to Paul Saladino, but it's worth reiterating. On the Princess, they were quarantined to the ship, but they were not quarantined to their rooms. This is critical. They were allowed to roam about on the ship. So basically, they were in one giant Petri dish with recycled air and children. Dr. Zach Bush talked about this on the podcast. Children are the best carrier of disease outside of dogs. They're touching things. They're putting their hands in their mouth. They're running around all over the ship. So when they looked at all the people that, that had tested positive, same stats as everywhere else, 60% asymptomatic, 60% had zero symptoms. Over half the people who test positive for this are asymptomatic, no issues at all. 20% mild symptoms, 20% moderate to severe, with a fraction dying. And the thing that Paul Saladino brings up, which is absolutely brilliant and necessary in the part of this discussion, is that on that ship, you have to imagine that even though only a certain percentage of people on the ship contracted COVID-19 and tested positive for it, it had to be 95 to 100% of the people on that ship were exposed to it, the exposure rate. So let that sit in. If 
dust from the Saharan desert can float halfway across the world and land and hang out overhead for two weeks in Austin, Texas, that virus has spread all the way around the world from, if you're looking back from March until now. There is no question it's moved around. There is no question we've been exposed to it. So what constitutes someone contracting this and someone not? Why did only a certain of people test positive? If the test works, and that's also debatable too. But if we factor, if we just if we just play along with the idea that the test is perfect, why do some people get it and some people do not? Well, it's the same reason why I don't get the flu each year. Is the flu here each year? It's here every single year, and it changes. And there's different forms of the flu. And I don't get the flu. My wife doesn't get the flu. Bear doesn't get the flu. Why is that? Well, the reason for that is our immune systems are doing their job. We are healthy people. It is not guaranteed if a sick kid runs up to you and sneezes in your face right as you're taking a deep breath in or yawning that you get sick. Why is that? That's the immune system doing its job. So you can be exposed to this, and no matter what the media hypes about it, you, you may not ever get it. You may not ever get it. And that could be dependent upon having a good immune system. It, it, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just not going to pass that easily. Um, there's, that's, that's just a question that I want you guys to ponder. Think about that stuff when it comes to this, because this has been around. And even though we see a resurgence now, which is kind of another hairbender, you know, originally they were talking about how, hey, this thing only survives in the cold. Next winter, we may need to do another lockdown. And, uh, you know, Austin was one of the fastest cities to have a resurgence this summer and everything shut down again in nature. Uh, another problem that I'm going to bring up here in a second. Um, but at the same time, California that did not open up all businesses and go willy nilly like we did here in the South, they experienced a huge resurgence as well in the summertime. So again, lots to figure out here. I don't think I have anything fucking sorted uh, to with 100% certainty, but I do think the experts on Tony Robbins' podcast really lay it out there, and they talk quite a bit about the economy. They talk quite a bit about, do we work or do we not work? What are the implications if we shut down everything again? What are the, what are the lasting uh, repercussions of having shut down for as long as we did? You know, we've seen huge spikes in, in uh, suicide. We've seen huge spikes in depression. We've seen huge spikes in alcohol and cigarette consumption. So when we think of tools, this is something I talk a lot about on this podcast. I talked a great deal about on the solo podcast and my uh, battling through depression in college. I didn't have tools then. My tools were pharmaceutical drugs. My tools were recreational drugs and my tools were alcohol. Didn't know a thing about breath work, didn't know a thing about meditation, didn't have a cold tub, didn't have a yoga practice, didn't know the power of nature, didn't know any of those things, and had no exposure to plant medicine either. So really, my tools were lacking. If you look across the globe right now and you think of what are people's tools, they're not great. And if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you've gained, you've gained some tools and hopefully, and I'm not saying from me in an egoic way, I'm saying hopefully some of the people that I've had on this podcast have given you tools. Hopefully you have been led to their podcasts as well, like Paul Checks, or, you know, we have Rob Wilson and Brian McKenzie on from The Art of Breath. They have a fantastic way to improve CO2, CO2 retention and, um, 
how to shift neurochemistry through breath work. You know, phenomenal guys, really important tools there. So I guess, I guess all this stuff to say, you know, mask versus no mask, you know, I see people, celebrities posting photos in masks, talking about how important it is. I see other people saying, you know, no, this kills you or it's my right to not wear a mask. And, and it's like, I think we're, we're kind of missing the point. Um, it doesn't bother me to have to wear a mask if people, if it helps people feel safe and think that they're, I mean, in an uncertain world, if it makes them feel better. But if you listen to health professionals and you understand that this isn't stopping it, then it's like, that has to be a part of the conversation too. That's just it. You know, I don't, I don't mind wearing the mask, but that has to be a part of the conversation. Work versus no work. Huge, huge, huge part of the conversation. Uh, and Tony, being a finance guy, really, really outlines that well. So again, uh, I will link to everything in the show notes. I promise you on that. I know I didn't link to the Kalindi IE. I'll link to that in this one uh, when I talked with Paul Austin. But um, all that's there, and it is nuanced. It's not black and white, as many things are, are in the world um, that's ever present right now. The thing that nobody's talking about that we need to talk about health, you know, Saladino brought this up health, metabolic health is a big one. You've heard me talk about this with, um, shit, just about with everybody who has anything to do with diet, Rob Wolf, uh, Paul Saladino, the carnivore doc, Mark Sisson, uh, who else? Dr. Don McDiagostino, who is one of the leading researchers on ketogenic diets. Uh, a big issue with people in the world is, metabolic health. And what that means is you don't process food well because you've eaten like shit your whole life or for a long period of time. And this isn't pointing at anybody. It's not, uh, I mean, again, I want to give you tools. This is not, not a, uh, this is what's wrong with the world and blah, blah, blah. I'd say, Hey, this is where we're at. Where we're at is we have obesity on a very sharp incline going up and childhood obesity as well. And with that, um, less ability to tar- to- tolerate carbohydrates, less ability to tolerate blood sugar management, diabetes is on the rise, inflammation is on the rise, which could be the root of most or all diseases. Um, heart health is an issue, right? What's the f- <laughs> this? I always think of this in, in the movie Zombieland. What's the first rule in Zombieland? Cardio, 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 and. I think you will fare a lot better if you contract COVID-19, if you have good cardio and a good ticker. It doesn't mean you're going to outrun this thing. It doesn't mean you won't get it, but it just means your odds of survival are probably higher if you're healthier. That is true of any disease. And, um, you know, that is something that Paul Saladino and I really dive into in our latest one. So again, we'll link to that in the show notes. Strength training. Again, I don't, I don't think, you know, in the, in the debate versus cardio versus strength, if you had to choose one, it would be strength training. There is no doubt about it because that is a form of cardio. Paul Check talks about this till he's blue in the face. Uh, there's entire books written about it. There's a neurosurgeon, I forget his name, but he wrote the book Get Serious, where he really details the science behind strength and conditioning as a form of cardio that strengthens not only the heart, but bone density, which is huge. Um, and um, resets your ability to tolerate carbohydrates, uh, insulin resistance goes down. All of these things happen through strength and conditioning, but specifically strength training will help you the most. So if you're limited schedule, um, you know, there's tons of resources online on at six, even though I don't work there is still one of the best body weight programs ever created by my boy, John Wolf. Um, that's available at on 
And of course, gyms are available open back again now. You know, I would wear a loose fitting bandana or, you know, one of the things you kind of, Rogan talks about that, one of the things you wear hunting or skiing, you can just pull up over your ears and your nose as opposed to a plastic mask. Um, I'm not sure that plastic is leaking, but if plastic can leak in water bottles and you're reusing one of these flimsy one-time only masks, just spend 10 bucks on Amazon and get yourself a reusable and wash it wash it because that is holding on to food particles, breath, and whatever else is in the air. So wash your mask, that kind of stuff, and work out. Sunlight. Matt Maruka was on the podcast. He took a deep dive into sunlight through Dr. Jack Cruz's work and the benefits of it. And that's, you know, there is a minimum effective dose for everybody that will vary. And there is, you can do, you can go too far. There could be too much sun exposure the way I could squat too much and hurt myself or overtrain and through overtraining hurt myself through injury or through running the same way for many, many, many miles, get repetitive stress injury, right? So it's not to say that, you know, the one size fits all with sunlight, but we all need sunlight and vitamin D is really acting like a hormone. It's not even acting as a vitamin in the body, um, has the ability to switch on positively 500 different on-off switches on an epigenetic level. And it is one of the most critical pieces to the equation of health. And yet we are, as a society, vitamin D deficient. That's an issue. Supplement with it if you need to, but really getting outside, getting barefoot, getting sunlight will improve your health. And if you're working out outside, even better. Breathing fresh air, getting sunlight exposure to the degree that you can handle um, will be good. Outside of that, food. Food is is a whopper. It's different for everyone, right? Something we've had. I've had vegans on the show. I've had keto experts on the show, paleo experts, everyone in between. If there's anything that's conclusive um, when it comes to food, I think, you know, bioavailability is a very important part of the conversation. And uh, I think very, very few people on this planet can sustain a vegan diet long term and remain healthy and robust. That said, I have seen them. Darren Olean's been on this podcast. He is vegan. He's also having uh, superfood shakes and supplementing with a high degree of very, very nutrition, nutrient dense foods. And his genetics welcome that. My genetics do not. My wife's genetics do not. We need vitamin A from animals that must come from yolk or organ meat. Egg yolk and organ meat are the only way we get usable forms of vitamin A. Cannot take beta carotene from carrots and sweet potatoes and convert that. Vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin that's really important for the immune system and cell replication. So that's important. Uh, We don't methylate well. So where do I get methylated B vitamins if I'm not taking a supplement? I get it from organ meats. Liver specifically has a high amount of them. Um, there's lots of reasons to eat organ meats. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many of you are purchasing from ancestralsupplements.com is because of the fact that you know you need this and you're not going to eat it. Uh, I still eat it. There's uh, Belcampo has a really good organ, ground organ meat uh, mixed with burger that you can make patties with or you know anything you want to do. Um, many of you heard me talk about U.S. Molnus Meats, grass-fed beef liverwurst, which comes pre-cooked. That's awesome. They're not a sponsor, but just an awesome product. Um, so there are ways to get in organs that will taste better than just eating them, you know, the way uh, a Ben Greenfield or a Paul Saladino might. Supplements, you know, again, vitamin D3 is going to be at the top of the list. I don't know if vitamin C is going to do anything for immune system or not. 
Uh, zinc appears to work. Obviously, there are better ways to get zinc in. One of the best ways that I found to get zinc is through lozenges. And Life Extension, I believe, is the name of the company. Not a sponsor. They have a blue and white label product. It's a, it's like a horse pill. You stick it in your gums, and it goes in slowly. It might take an hour to dissolve. Uh, not a fun process. It's huge. You look like an idiot with it in your mouth. But if you're wearing a mask, no one will see. Um, because it's slow, res- slow released and in through the gums, I find that to be one of the most effective ways to boost my immune system. But truthfully... Um, all of this stuff that I'm talking about here is, is external, right? The external forces of how I connect to the earth uh, in water or barefoot in the grass, how I connect to the sun with, you know, the least amount of clothes on, full sun exposure from the human body's solar panels. Those are all external factors. What are the internal factors that, man- that absolute, absolutely matter? <laughs> uh, another sip of coffee here before we get internal. There are several internal factors that matter. Sleep, number one, absolutely number one when it comes to immune system, fat loss, memory consolidation, language recall, uh, learning a new thing. Uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's been on my podcast twice, was just on Rogan's. Absolutely love that podcast of him on Rogan's and and, uh, he's my boy. I'm going to have him back on the show at some point. He's doing great work. He's got a lab at Stanford. He's studied everyone from David Goggins to, you know, many of the outliers in uh, our military as well as high level athletes. And um, stress is one of the things they're studying. Also how to, how to get to sleep and what does sleep do? Well, from a learning standpoint and neuroplasticity standpoint, Sleep is where we make the neural connections concrete. So if you think about a dirt road that you've recently bulldozed and made available as a new lane, this is a new path. Sleep is where we add the asphalt to it and we actually turn it into a drivable road that we can drive quicker on. And better sleep uh, and continued learning of the subject will take that from a single-aid road to you know an eight-lane superhighway. And I love that analogy because it really shows us the importance of sleep in bringing whatever it is we're trying to accomplish to fruition. Like how James Clear talked about this in Atomic Habits, but really didn't dive into the sleep aspect. Sleep is so critical when we're trying to rework things. And it is critical for our immune system. If you are trying to go to sleep and your mind is racing, that means you have not pushed pause during the day. And something I've talked about before is, is how important it is. And I talked about this with Mark Bell. Anybody that I've talked COVID with, I've talked about this. Routine is important for all of us, not just kids and not just the elderly. Routine is important for all people, all humans. And it's really important that we push pause. So in the book, Quantum Spirituality by Amit Goswani, PhD, he dives into the idea that we are in the West constantly in a state of do, 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 do. And he's recommending that we find the new song, Doobie Doobie Do. And the state of being can be expressed in many ways. It can be expressed through meditation, yoga, anywhere we get out of our mind and into our body, or out of our mind, into our heart, out of our mind, into our gut, into our intuition. Anytime we shut off the constant chatter of the thinking mind, the problem-solving, fixing, um, the rabbit hole, if you will. And so it doesn't just need to be meditation. I only meditate once a day. Um, But there's other ways to get into a state of being. 
Chogam Trumpa Rinpoche calls this meditation in action. If I can get out of my head while I mow the lawn, I'm effectively meditating while I mow the lawn. I can get into my ice bath, which has been an absolute lifesaver in my backyard. And I'm in there. I'll only do one three to five minute session a day for the biggest training effect. But many times throughout the day, I'll get in there for a couple of minutes, do some breath work and just drop in to zero mind, zero space, connect back to my body and find equilibrium. And the more I do, the better I am at doing if I trickle in being. So if I can find space in the day to push pause, what Amit says about this is that we are, you know, how do I word this? We're, 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 take, we're getting out of our conscious mind and dipping into what Jung called the unconscious or what he calls the superconscious. And if you look at Rupert Sheldrake's work on morphic resonance, uh, perhaps, and maybe through plant medicines you've experienced this, we are tapping into the greater knowing. We are tapping into the all consciousness, God consciousness, or we're just the collective consciousness of humanity or something that's greater than ourselves. At the very least, pushing pause gives me a break. So regardless of if that's true or not, and I believe it is, if that's not true, why does it still work? Well, it still works because I'm giving myself rest. If I try to squat any number, uh, any poundage, say 225 on the bar, and I say, I'm not going to rack the bar. I'm just going to squat as many reps as I can uh, in AMRAP, as many reps as possible, but I will not rack the bar. And I stand there with that weight, dead tired with my legs locked out until I can knock out another rep. And I keep doing that. I'm not going to get as many reps as if I actually rack the weight, relax for five minutes and go back to doing another set. The amount of reps that I can get accomplished, if I'm taking rest in between, not only will they be better reps, but I will get more reps. The same is true for our mental faculties. If I'm trying to grind through a lot of stuff mentally and get a lot of work output done and quality work done, I will do better if I can effectively push pause, if I can effectively turn off. And as Andrew Huberman talks about on Rogan's, it is that ability to turn off our solutions-oriented mind that allows us to fall asleep. Sleep is a state of mind. And if we can switch into that state of mind throughout the day, it makes it a hell of a lot easier for us to do that in the evening. So all food for thought. Again, you could dive into that more if it, if it piques your interest at all. Uh, and now here talking about sleep and meditation and different practices of being, um, that is a segue into dad, the resurgence now having a second kid, um, Lack of sleep. So how, how, how does one with, uh, it seems, all the cards stacked against them? And, and I'm not, I shouldn't say that about myself. I do not have all the cards stacked against me. Uh, how, does one, how does one navigate with a lack of sleep and uh, all the uncertainty that's going on externally, uh, financially? You know, everyone's affected one way or another. I, I'm no different. Um, so... Managing external stress, managing internal stress, and doing it all, you know, uh, with a little less energy, all with a little less gas in the tank. It can be tricky. There's no doubt about it. But some of the things I just mentioned, you know, the quality of my sleep is really important. Even if it's only in two-hour chunks or three-hour chunks, I take sleep supplements. I've tried, you know, I, I like uh, from on it. Uh, New Mood and and um, Melatonin Spray. Very good. Again, they don't sponsor. They're awesome. 
one of our sponsors, uh, Sovereignty. They have a dream uh, product with CBN, which is, again, like CBG, but in reverse, a very calming anti-anxiety form um, that is incredibly relaxing and can put you to sleep. It's, it's incredible. Um, there's a guy coming on the show, Shervin. Um, I can't say his last name right, but he is the creator of Symbiotica, and he was recently on uh, Paul Check's, or actually back in the day, he was on Paul Check's show. That's how I first heard about him. They make great products. They make great products, and their sleep product, Rumi, is phenomenal. It's got melatonin and a number of other things, um, and that works too. So again, finding something that works for you, but most importantly, it doesn't matter how many supplements you take to shut down, you will be, you'll be so much better at shifting into the state of sleep if you've ironed out the day before you lay in bed. If the first time you lay in bed, or, or if, 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 let me, let me reword this. <laughs> I've said this a million times before, so <laughs> forgive me for struggling with the words here. If the first time you've been alone with your own thoughts and alone with yourself is when you lay in bed at night, that's an issue, right? You have to have some periods of reflection throughout the day. And I get that. I learned this from Mark Bell, even though I was already doing it. The 10 minute walk is so beneficial because you can do a walking meditation or a walking contemplation, a walking reflection. And one of my favorite things to do, every morning we walk our dog, Bear and I do, and every evening we do the same. Sometimes I push Wolf in a stroller if it's not too hot out. Um, But that's a great time for me to clear my head. It's a great time for me to reflect on the things that went well, the things that didn't go well. You know, I had to go for a walk before recording this podcast because I had to I had to let go of the fact that I didn't hit the number two button on my Zoom recorder with Jeff Gonzalez. And hence, there, that's why I have to rush to get this podcast out, even though I've been planning it and writing things down and it was going to release. Now we just flip-flop the order. But to re-record a podcast that I thought really did well, I had to let go of that. I had to reflect on that. And now I can move past it. Well, days are filled with things like that. And they're certainly filled with things like that when... Um, you know, when we're not operating at our best. And that's certainly been the case for me. Uh, I filled up a cup of coffee and was getting ready to pour a little almond milk in and knocked the whole cup over the other day. And it was just like, oh man, (laughs) I have more coffee, but I got to clean up this big ass mess and I never knock stuff over. Like I have knocked stuff over since I was probably in my teens. Like what's going on here? And it's just like, Oh yeah. Can I give myself permission to make mistakes? And the sooner I can get to a place where I can reset my breath, reset my mind and come into my calm, quiet center, the easier it is to move forward. And Eckhart Tolle talks about this in a new earth. Again, I've mentioned it before, but the difference between resistance and acceptance. We talked about this with Peter Crone on the podcast. I think he, and I'll butcher this, but life always is only as it always is. Something to that effect. Life is always as it is and only always. It's always as it is. That's it. Like it's, it's, it, it is, that is the isness of our experience. So the sooner I can move from resisting what is into accepting what is the better. And in Eckhart's book, he talks about you're, you're driving in a storm and you get a flat tire. And it's pouring rain or it's a hailstorm, and now you got to get out and change the tire. You can curse all you want, but at the end of the day, you still got to change the tire. So the sooner you move into acceptance, the better you feel, right? It's not that you enjoy changing a tire in the snow. 
it's that this is what I got to do. It is the isness of the experience. So you say yes to it and you do it. You accept it. I say yes to, well, I got to clean this mess real quick. Then I can have my coffee. I say yes to, shit, I got to embarrassingly write Jeff Gonzalez that I, I effed up and we got to try to redo this thing. Um, and that's all okay. And from there, from acceptance, we have the ability to move into enjoyment where we really have joy in our experience. And from enjoyment, enthusiasm. And enthusiasm, as I've mentioned before, translates loosely to be in God, to be in God, enthusiasm. So that's, uh, and we're not going to do everything enthusiastically in life, you know, but if we can shift at least from resistance to acceptance, we're better off. And certainly the more often we can reflect upon our day and get to a place of acceptance prior to bed, much easier it is to fall asleep. So those are some hacks there when it comes to that. Uh, in terms of being a dad, you know, sleep has been the, the biggest issue for anyone with a newborn, I think. Uh, in addition to that, though, you know, I, I'm only a year older than my sister. And there was, you know, many pros and cons to that. But if you have kids that are close in age, odds are they are, didn't have that big of a challenge when the second one was born because the first one was probably young. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the next kid's here. Like they haven't really lived a, a longer life of just me, only child syndrome. And, and that's not to shit on only people who are only childs or only ch child. There we go. Uh, it's just to say that it's a little bit more shocking for kids that are older. Bear's five, and he's certainly had an uphill battle with this um, just because he has so much energy, and we do not now. <laughs> it's hard for me to match him. The way that I was getting around that was getting him out to Barton Springs and in nature in Austin. And because it's scorching hot each day, we'd find some place that had water. And of course, with the resurgence of COVID, them shutting that down has made it very interesting to try to navigate now. Um, what do I do with a kid who has all the energy in the world and I'm at half capacity and nature's being shut down? The one thing that boosts our immune system and makes us feel equanimity and helps us feel whole and see the larger picture of all that is is being taken away from us. All the parks and recs, no camping. Uh, and of course, our beautiful water supply or our, our, our place where we can get in the water. Interestingly enough, they allow people on the water on kayaks and stand-up paddle boards. So I go on Amazon and kayaks are sold out. Double kayaks are sold out. They're sold out at Costco. They're sold out locally. Uh, stand-up paddle boards for two of them are an investment. And even though I certainly want both, uh, stand-up paddle boards and a kayak. Um, it's a lot of cheese. So uh, all food for thought there. You know, I'm still still working with that. At least Bear is down to get in the ice bath and run and play with me in our backyard. And, uh, you know, we go for bike rides and things like that. But it is interesting to me um, the choices that are being made around that. You know, they don't want people gathering and all this. And, and it's like, that should be the single place we're allowed to be uh, during anything that compromises our health let us go to the healthiest places on earth. And while we're the most stressed, let us go to the places that provide the most stress relief on earth, our water supplies. You know, uh, Wallace J. Nichols who's on the podcast talked about that in his book, Blue Mind. The, there is science that shows even viewing the ocean or viewing a body of water, a lake, a river, a stream, it 
hits certain parts of our brain, survival mechanisms in our brain that let us know life is possible here. And it's calming. And it's palpable. You can feel it. And they've looked at this scientifically. They know it's true. Just looking at it, looking at green things, you know, and thankfully Austin rains year-round, so it's green year-round, but looking at things that are green lets you know life is possible here. There's an adequate water supply. Um, I think that's just critical. It's been critical for us. It's been a way that has balanced my neurochemistry on a daily basis. And again, because I don't have that, the cold bath has been the biggest saving grace out of anything in terms of how I'm able to not just get through each day, but how do I can enjoy each day. Um, and, uh, and working with bear in a way that's more compassionate and patient with him, knowing that this is all, you know, like what Gabby Reese said that really stuck with me was when we look at our kids, no matter which phase they're in or which age they're at, we have a tendency to think like, I need to fix this. I need to change them because if they become an adult with these habits, <laughs> whatever, whatever issues, uh, you know, the, you don't want them to have in society. You don't want them to have bossiness. Um, I don't know, fill in the blank, uh, whatever behaviors you've deemed necessary to correct. It's the, the, the reason we think of it as carrying so much weight is because we believe that that's how they're going to end up if we don't do something about it. And the truth is that's not the case. Truth is, Kids do go through phases. There are learning curves. There are things that every kid goes through. You know, no kid wants to share when they're young. It's pretty rare. Um, that's par for the course. And then over time, through either you helping to correct that or through society correcting that at school or other children saying like, no, we share, we do it this way and it's more fun if we do it this way, they get to learn those things. Life lessons are given through... Uh, the inner workings of your of your own kingdom, your own household, as well as the outer workings of the people your kids are around. And the same holds true for bad habits. If your kids are around other kids that, um, you know, maybe are allowed to get away with whatever they want to get away with, they may pick up some bad habits there too. And that can be an excellent opportunity for you to correct those uh, within your own children. Or, you know, uh, maybe you, you pull back on or be a little bit more selective around who they're around. So, that's kind of where my head's at with, with Bear. It, it hasn't been easy. Wolf has been awesome. She's been easy. Um, and I shouldn't just say Bear hasn't been easy. It's been great getting out into nature with him and great figuring out different ways to connect with him. Physically, uh, you know, like I said, teaching him to ride a bike was amazing. Teaching him how to swim now, amazing. You know, we get out in the pool at a friend's house or go for bike rides, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun because... We're very similar in that we enjoy activity and it's a way for us to burn energy uh, in nature and connect and chat. And there's a softening that happens through that experience where um, we're just able to connect on a deeper level. He listens better, you know, and, and as a five-year-old who doesn't want to listen to anything, it's really nice when anything looks like it appears like it's getting through to him. Um, so that's, that's been challenging and awesome at the same time. Wolf has been challenging and awesome at the same time, not because of anything out of the ordinary with a newborn, but just because, you know, that's, that's how it goes with newborns. Uh, she does sleep really well. She sleeps a lot during the day. So we try to get her outside to kind of reset the circadian rhythm. And that was the case when she was in the womb. She was up at night kicking mom's belly and sleeping most of the day. So I think over time that'll correct. Um, and it's been... 
it's been a wild experience thinking about bringing a life into the world during a time like this. You know, uh, lots of uncertainty. You know, lots of uncertainty around everything, the economy. Uh, what does the new world look like? What does um, the reconciliation of how this country was started, you know, from Native Americans to African Americans to, um, you know, what is the most effective way to not only be inclusive, but um, repair, you know, what is the best way to repair uh, so many broken systems? And I don't just mean with race, that's obviously a big one, but I mean with the economy, I mean with um, education, you know, how do we repair all of these things and bring them up to a point where we have the ability to foster a, a, a new world, you know? And I think Charles Eisenstein, who is going to come on the podcast, hopefully in the next couple of months, uh, and you've heard me mention his book many times. He has several that are great, sacred, sacred economics, phenomenal, but the more beautiful world our hearts know as possible is one of my all time favorites. And, um, you know, he's thought a great deal about this stuff and, and it, uh, everything in his book really rung true for me. So it'll be an absolute pleasure having him on the podcast. Highly recommend reading his book before you hear him on my podcast. But again, we have a lot of things that aren't up to par. A lot of things that we've kind of been skating on thin ice with, just pretending everything's fine. And one of the things that the pandemic has done is it's come to expose how shitty our health is, how unprepared our healthcare system is, and how triage is not helping anybody with preventative medicine. You know, the care of what happens once you're sick, um, again, surgery's awesome. Uh, oncology, not awesome. A lot of other things, not awesome. A lot of, a lot of ways we try to heal the sick, not awesome. So how do we get to a place where at the forefront we take responsibility for our own health. At the forefront, we take responsibility for what we put in our body and understand the connection of why that matters. Not just from a aesthetic standpoint of do I have a six pack or not, but from a neurochemistry standpoint, from a gut chemistry standpoint, as Dr. Zach Bush outlines on our podcast, and I'll make a note to link to him in the show notes. There's just, there, there is... Um, there's so much to consider and it is overwhelming. So I don't want to just throw, you know, throw the kitchen sink, but uh, in my sleeplessness and having a lot to discuss and having not been able to really take a deep dive solo with you guys in a while, there's a lot here. So again, as I, as I let people know in my coaching and fit for service and, and privately, anytime I, you know, go at length uh, on and on about something and, and try to give as many tools as possible, one of the ways that you can sort through that is simply to, to follow your own intuition on what is the thing that you wish to learn right now. So um, again, if the mask thing is like ruffling feathers, check out the COVID-19 podcast number three with Tony, on Tony Robbins. Listen to the seven medical doctors he has on there, get their opinions on it and the science behind it and see what you think about it then. Um, and still wear your mask so that you're 
you're not making other people freak out. The world's stressful enough. We can do, we can be kind. That is a way we're kind to others is to, is to do that. And if you're worried about the mask hurting you, don't wear a polyurethane mask. You don't need to wear the blue plastic mask. You can wear something that is uh, better for you. You know, an organic cloth bandana works just fine in terms of legality. Again, it's not going to stop COVID-19, but there are ways where you can um, satisfy the law and not hurt yourself. And of course, you know, really what all this means for our own health. Um, Paul Check's been on this podcast more than anyone else. One thing I love that he said, one of my favorite quotes all time is sooner or later, your health will become your, your number one concern. And I think more than ever now, we have the opportunity to see that hopefully prior to crisis, right? And you could call this whole thing a crisis, um, depending how you see it, but it is drawing our awareness to the fact that we're not healthy. It is drawing, it should be drawing our awareness to the fact that we're not treating the earth well and the earth is not healthy. And even though, again, there's so much conflicting data there, uh, reading the book Sacred Cow by Rob Wolf and Diana Rogers really outlines the way forward through regenerative agriculture and the necessity of ruminant animals. Carnivore Code by my man Paul Saladino, same exact deal. Uh, the science is undeniable when it comes to that. And more importantly, the health of the ecosystem is dependent on ruminants. And the health of us, for many of us, is dependent upon really good um, really good food. Really good food means eating meat. It also means eating nose to tail and it means, it means eating organ meat. So lots of that stuff uh, to dive into there. Again, there's there's books here. But just let it sink in. Contemplate. Go through, go for your walks, um, get out of your head, practice hitting that off switch, whatever that is. It could be in back squats. That's one of my favorites. If I lift something heavy, I'm not thinking about anything else. That's a way I push pause. Active meditation. Uh, shooting a bow and arrow. Active meditation. Zen and the art of archery. All of these things actually work and they're active. Um, and they're ways that we really can start to tap into ourselves on a deeper level, which will improve sleep, improve immunity, and improve many other factors outside of just looking at things from a physical standpoint of health, mental, emotional health, and much more there. All right. Love you guys. Hope that is, um, is a decent uh, solo cast here and an update on everything that I've been up to. If you're watching on YouTube and wondering why I've, I've had this 45 degree angle camera, it's because I think better without a camera in my face and I'd much rather look at the bamboo and the flower garden and this uh, incredible Wachuma cactus. Thank you, grandfather. You've, uh, you've grown over 12 inches in less than six months, which is about double uh, a good year. So clearly the Wachuma here uh, loves its spot and its home in our backyard. And again, that's legal if you're wondering. So you grow your own wachuma, grow a shit ton of it. Just don't cultivate it, but have it have it there as a wonderful uh, cactus variety. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, I'll link to everything in the show notes. And um, we will see you in a week, hopefully, with my dude, Jeff Gonzalez, former Navy SEAL and um, head of education over at the range. Thank you, guys. <laughs>